Sakshi's mom was first diagnosed with cervical cancer in April of 2020. The doctors predicted a full recovery with the right treatment. Unfortunately, the cancer came back, and this time it had metastasized. Sakshi was in Ireland at the time of our recording, and the quality of the audio is compromised. I did the best I could to improve the quality of the recording and appreciate your grace and understanding. And now, Sakshi's story. Hi, this is Beth, and welcome back to the Daughters Without Moms podcast. Today, I have Sakshi with me, and she is actually in Dublin, Ireland, which is on my bucket list. I'm Irish. My maiden name was Reed. My mom's maiden name was Sullivan. My grandmother was Donovan, like way Irish. So it's on my bucket list. Um, But she is there, uh, I believe, studying. Unfortunately, she just finished a six-hour class. So she's probably so tired of this Zoom. Um, But She's agreed to share her story today about her mom, and so I'm going to turn the mic over to Sakshi and let her tell her story, and then at the end, I'll come back with a couple of questions. So thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for giving me this platform. Okay, so I'm a student doing my master's in, at Trinity College Dublin right now. Uh, so my story, I think it was the pandemic had just started and all of the students had, like I was doing my undergrad at that time. And we had just gone back home and nobody knew what was going to happen. That to April 2020 end, uh, my mom has been like, had been like experiencing some health issues over the course of April. And it wasn't like, it wasn't something serious. It was just normal body ache. And then we went to, went on to go to show her to a gynec. And the gynec said that this doesn't look normal and that you should probably get checked at, at an oncologist. And at that time, you were just like, okay, that doesn't make sense. It's just body ache. I like that's just maybe the doctor's stupid. He does like she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then we were so like I think we were very positive at that time. And I was I kept and I remember my, because my mom came home sobbing after the gynec visit, and I remember telling her, no, the doctor doesn't know what she's talking about. We're gonna go to a better doctor. Don't worry. And after a couple of consultations, and then second opinions we realized like we had to go to an oncologist and we found out that it is indeed stage one cancer but we are still very hopeful because it was a stage one and uh, cervical cancer is something that's known to be cured very easily and it doesn't have a lot of complications to it at the end of the day and the doctor started the treatment which went on to july 2020 like i had my i remember i had my birthday in june 2020 and she kept apologizing to me because we couldn't celebrate it. It was the pandemic. She was, she had all these, like she had all these things that was going inside her body and she couldn't explain to her, like to us or anybody at that time. And she just, and I was just like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. We, we, there's always next year. There's so much time left. Like we, we'll do something better, like in the, in the next year or something like that. Yeah, and I remember till July 2020, uh, she like she completed her treatment. The doctor said that everything looked good. The cancer was gone and uh, that she started her remission for the first time ever. Uh, but due to the remission, there were some other... Comp- and she was a fitness trainer, like she was a nutritionist. So when she found out, she, ha- she developed arthritis due to the chemo treatments and the laser surgeries that like she had to take due to the cancer treatment uh it 
she yeah. developed arthritis due to which she had a lot of walking issues and uh, so i think that hit her pretty hard because she mm-hmm. loved fitness more than anything it was like it was her second nature and uh, yeah so that after july like august 2020 till october 2021 there were regular hospital visits told but she did miss one uh, appointment in june which was supposed to be a full body mri and she said she'll go after her birthday which was on 15th of october and it was a 50th birthday and she just wanted to celebrate it with the entire family like a fam from another city was coming in her friends were there and everything so cut to october 2021 25th of october uh, when she went for her full body mri and we found out that there like something had metastasized in her body and uh, it we weren't sure it was cancer again at that time because it just looked lumps of things it it was without the doctor said for her like you will have to get a pet scan done for to know more about whether it is cancer or not so she went to mumbai which was like another city in india and uh, she got like she we got an urgent like emergency appointment with the doctor and i think it was two days later that we found out that okay the, like this time around it was pretty serious and uh, like the cancer has spread throughout her body but uh, if my mom was nothing if not a fighter so she said no it's uh, I just i have to do this for my kid at first she didn't want to get the treatment done because we didn't know what the like how bad it was or how like how much time she had left with us so well, she didn't want to get the treatment but eventually we all convinced her to get it done and uh, her treatment started like 3 4 days right after her diagnosis because the doctor said we don't have a time like a lot of time left and the first time around i knew it was bad for her like i knew she was going through a lot like she, her body was suffering a lot but because it was stage 1 and the chemo sessions weren't as intense uh, we could like she we didn't realize how bad it was until she like her hair started falling down the, in the second round of it all and uh, she had to cut her hair and i remember when even when she like she went completely before she went complete ball i remember her crying and like and telling me that this is not fair and and i don't and i still agree to this day that it all wasn't fair yeah so she started her treatment right off and cut to it was like a month of round, like round of chemos again every third week again and again that and she had to travel all the way to mumbai because since the cancer was severe we were getting we were we went we wanted to make sure she was getting it through a better hospital rather because the city that we lived in didn't have the proper resources for it and then finally it was december 1st when she was in surat with us and uh, she uh, she started feeling a lot feverish and like the cold wouldn't leave her body for some reason so my and on the 30 like on the 30th of november she said no i i think i need a doctor like i need to go to a hospital so on 4th of december morning we took her to a hospital and uh, i remember that at that time like i'm i'm studying in trinity right now and i was actually planning to go abroad to study in the year of in the fall of 2022 and i remember uh, at that day i told her like with the she left for the hospital on 1st of december i told her okay you have to come back soon because i have to show you my sop that i have written for my college 
and you have to go through it and you have to give me pointers and tell me what i should do next and like how should i proceed with the entire thing and she told me i of course work on it and then she asked me not to come to the hospital because she didn't want to crowd the hospital room too much so it was just my dad uh, my one of my aunts and uh, my brother that went to the hospital with her Uh, they got her admitted, and I, I, I was on constant call with my family throughout the day on of the first of December that was happening. And she's just hospitalized. She's just on glucose. She's just hospitalized for like the normal basic treatments. And my sister, like my real elder sister, was in US at that time, and she, even she was checking in, and she wanted to come back to India for the entire thing. But there were some visa complications without which, like if she came back, she wouldn't be able to go back, and she had a whole job over there that she couldn't leave. But the night of first of December, my sister when she found out my that my mom's hospitalized, she was like, "No, I can't do this anymore. I have to come back." And she took a flight back. It was like second December. It was three uh, a.m. I remember, and we were and I was sleeping. And like by that time, uh, some of my uncles, like my mom's brothers, had come back to our city to just like check up on her because she was in the hospital. and uh, he woke me up and he told me okay we have to go to the hospital right now and i was like but why like the last thing i knew was that everything it was a standard treatment it there was no complication whatsoever so when i ended up going to the hospital like i realized that there was i was like they didn't let me in on all the things that were going on so she was diagnosed with pneumonia that triggered an organ failure in her body and uh, after that it just went downhill from there so i think it was 3 am and I, when i saw her in the icu and i remember just like sobbing in the right in the hospital room and my dad trying to calm me down he, my dad was so strong for the rest of us over there in the hospital and it was so movie dramatic scene where you get called to and your life changes right there in that like one second and you realize okay this is this is i wasn't prepared for it to go downhill so soon because the treatment was going on everything was looking good and uh, i think it was second december in the morning like noonish when i had gone to the hospital again after coming back the night before and uh, in the morning i was there till 10 11 am and then uh, they asked me to go back home and i've gone because i hadn't slept the entire night they asked me to go to get some sleep i think it was two like noon 12:30 when my brother came back from the hospital to pick me up again and i was like okay what happened now and he just didn't say anything and then when i went to the hospital um, my mom had already passed away and so i never got to have a proper conversation with her or even say goodbye to her and just know what to do in life without like without her being there telling me and my sister wasn't able to make it either she got back she got to india the next day so she also was in the she was all she it was worse for her i suppose but she was also in the same denial state that i was so yeah that's my story oh that's i was yeah that's it's a hard thing that uh when you never get to say goodbye um yeah yeah i didn't get to do that either um but also uh like that you you said you really weren't prepared for it anyways like you you know when you did go to the hospital you thought that it was just you know for normal kind of procedure stuff and then you got there and realized how serious it was um it sounds like it was a fairly quick 
process, you know, that you didn't, you didn't have a whole lot of time. So you have siblings, brother and sister, I heard you say. Yeah, I have an elder, like I'm the middle child, I have an elder sister who works in the U, like who works in US, and then I have a younger brother who's doing his undergrad right now. Okay. And you said that your dad was very strong for everyone during that time in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. How have you guys, so this was in 2022? This was 20, like December 2021, so. 2021. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how has your family adjusted to life without your mom, with your siblings and your dad? I feel like, I feel like I don't know with my dad because I don't know if he's taken the time to grieve yet. Like, the, the, for him, there's been so many responsibilities taking care of us. Like, I remember he went back to office the sixth day that it happened because he knew that staying at home was worse for him than actually doing some, getting some work done. So I, that, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if he's taken out the time to, and I know he feels that she's not sure because my when my sister studied abroad in US or even right now when I'm studying abroad, I'm, I, I did not undergrad in a different city. So it was my mom that constantly kept in touch with us. Like she would be the one to call us up first in the morning, there'll be a good morning message. And she, she, any time that she's free, she'll like send us a message or she'll give us a call. And my dad wasn't just used to doing it. Like he's always been part of call. It's not like he's not, he's not talked to us when we are studying outside. But like not as frequently as my mom used to. So I think for him, all of those things that my mom, like he was expected to do all of the things that my mom was doing. And he wasn't used to worrying about us as much as my mom used to worry about us. So I think for him, the grieving is much harder because it's, it's filled with a lot more responsibilities than it was before. And he just realized that there's like, he didn't even realize that there was so much that she was doing around the house. And for my sister, I think, like I said, it's worse for her. And I think she's, there's a part of her, not just a part of that age, like she still regrets not being here and not being able to see her. Because before my mom passed away, she, she wasn't in India for the past two and a half years. So she hadn't seen my mom for the past two and a half years, like wow. only talked through video calls. So I think, I don't think she will ever be able to forgive herself for not being here when my mom needed, like, and the worst was, I remember my mom crying on the call that no matter what happens, if you can't go back due to your visa, I don't want you coming here. It came down to my mom basically threatening her not to come and her like, and she didn't have a choice. In the, in the same moment so like if she hadn't decided I don't know what why she felt the need to come back when she did because it was like I said we were only said it was a standard treatment they didn't tell us how severe it was until we got to the hospital and I think some part of her subconsciously knew that it was serious that she decided to take that flight when she did and I think that's why it'll be reversed for her because she never got to have a full closure or even like, like I hugged her before. I hugged my mom before she went to the hospital that day. My sister never got that around from her. So I think that's why I think it's, 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 it's really hard for her not knowing what her steps in life could be like, because she wants to get married and stuff. And that's the boy that, that we've been talking about at home. And uh, so she would, like, she always keeps telling me that I would never know how my, like, how mama would, like, what would she think about this guy? And, like, would she approve of him? Would she not? So I think you realize she is not here in 
in so many little things that it just it keeps getting harder every day and for my brother i feel i still think it's not hit him yet because because at home there's still this warmth that you can feel that she's around but when you are outside home you realize that it's it, it's not with you there yet and i think he's actually the one who's handled it the best out of all of us and he still does like he does this little things that i know mamma would be doing if she was there so i think he he's the, he's handled it the best out of all of us have hmm that's interesting how old is he he's 20 okay wow yeah. that's a, that's interesting so it's just he and your dad at home then yeah yeah okay Hmm. Wow. And how have you adjusted to you talked about everybody else except for you? <laughs> I like I said I don't think I like because I know for a fact that I because I was applying for this college that I am right now and I remember and it's I don't know if it's some sort of cruel destiny plan that she just never got to know about it because I remember it was the 25th of October when I was at home and I was shortlisting the colleges I wanted to apply to and it was the, the very same day that she got diagnosed with cancer and and I I gave her a call when she was at the hospital and I told her okay I've shortlisted my colleges I want you to come back and look at them I'll tell you all about them but when she came back we just never got around to have that conversation and even when I was applying and I was telling her about okay so these are my dream colleges that I want to go to and ask her do you think I'll get in and she was like of course you'll get in and the fact that she never got to read my SOP I never got like I only applied to two colleges and I got in at both and those were the colleges I told her I don't think I'll get in and then she told me no of course you would and then just coming here not like her not knowing that I did it has been the worst for me i feel like my whole life my purpose has been like oh what would she want me to become or what would she say like how can i make her proud has always been the next step and like now doing all of this without her not knowing even the smallest of good thing that's i happen i want to give her a call and tell her what's happening or even the smallest inconvenience i want to cry to her about it but at the end of the day you realize that you can't do that anymore I think that's been the toughest part about staying here and like doing it all on your own. Mhm. It is hard. It is hard. Well, I really appreciate you being here today and sharing your story with us. And usually when I finish the podcast, I ask if there's just a final thought you want to share with the listeners or anything that you want to say before we finish. I think I'll say that um i think people think that like when you lose somebody or you, you're going through a hard time the world is expected to be kind to you but that's not but like you see the world moving on while your world has like in even though your world stop your friends your family friends like even in my case i saw my mom's friends moving on after her death and i was like what did she not mean anything to them and then you realize that that's just how life how cruel life is they are always go- they have to move on so you expect the world to be kind but it is cruel in its own very little ways and you have to get you have like it's not fair to say that you have to toughen up and it's very unfair that this has happened to you but i think it's very important that you find your own solace like i always turn to music and there are a few songs that just talk about it so deeply about losing a loved one there's one by louis tomlinson that's two of us when he lost his mother 
and it basically talks about even being hopeful in the grief of it all because grief is not linear it it's a circular staircase where you don't know where when you are being angry you don't know when you are still in denial and you don't know when you've accepted it but and it will keep going and it'll keep coming back because like i said they are gone for good and even the smallest inconvenience that you would want to tell them or even the smallest little thing of joy that you experience you can't relate to them ever again so find your own little things that keep you like sane in this really insane world. I think that that's great advice. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of times our cruel world tells us not to feel all the, the hard feelings, but I think you have to do that too. You have to allow yourself to do that. And like you said, find your solace um, in whatever works. You know, everybody's different. So songs are, you know, for you. Some people do poems, some people do art, you know, so... I think that's really good advice. And you mentioned at least one song, and, and I think maybe you have another song too. We'll, we'll put the songs that um, Sakshi's recommending in the show notes so that people can, can find those and um, listen to those as well. So, well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to be on here. And like, I don't know, this will help somebody. just talking like i think it's very important to have people that you, who you can talk to about it because at the end of the day what you can you can't relate to the what the normal world is going through anymore and uh, like you you can i hope this platform is for people who can relate to it and understand where you are coming from and what they are going through and i still don't know if it gets better but people down the line who experienced it have told me that it does so i would want to believe the same as well mm-hmm. i wholeheartedly agree thanks mm-hmm. again for being here if you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey please visit my website www.yourgriefjourney.com if you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.